We're going to be reading this evening from 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're just going to go down through this chapter for a little while tonight. And uh, I just wanted to tell all you folks that was here the other night that my mom corrected me for testifying. I don't know whether to apologize to you or to her, but to where... Ever that apology fits in, may God bless you. Amen. It's always good to be home. It's always good to see lifelong friends. It takes a long time to make old friends. And uh, you are exactly that to me. You have been my lifelong friends. And I love you and I'm thankful to have the heritage uh, from this church that we have. Now who's you reading for me tonight? Now look, we need to have a little lesson here in reading. I don't want this to be some little tiny little girl voice that we got going on. I want some I want some man voice in this. We want to sound like we believe it. Amen. I, I simply want to bring to you a thought tonight. The closer we get to the end the more we need to keep our mind on heavenly things. The scripture said we would not know the day nor the hour of the return of the Lord, but I think we should know the season. Amen. And if you can look at the news or read a paper, or just go in a coffee shop and sit down somewhere and listen to the chatter across the room, you ought to recognize that it's close, yes, sir. that it's, it's that time. I've never seen the world in the chaotic condition that it's in today. Uh, I, I did not live in World War II. I understand a lot of our preachers thought prophecy was being fulfilled in that time. But the other wars that we faced, I saw America toddle and teeter from time to time. But it wasn't uh, like the everyday person today. Uh, it's, it, it's an awkward spot. You hardly know how to talk to your family. You don't know whether to call them and say, hey, we're coming to see you. And them say, no, stayest thou away from me. You know, people you've known your whole life, you don't know whether to shake their hand, nod your head, uh, whistle at them. You just don't know how to treat people. And in the awkwardness of this day, I may not know the day. I'm not going to say that it's January the 5th at 5.30 p.m. We're out of here. But I am going to say that we are closer than we have ever been. The apostles said, for we are closer than when we first began. Amen. And as that day comes to us, as that time of the return of the Lord comes, uh, you better have your mind fixed on Him. Amen. Why don't we just lift our hands and our voices to the Lord right now. Lift our faces and our hearts. Amen. Let's take a moment to enjoy His presence. Father, I thank you right now. Lord. 
Now the apostle was preparing to uh, have a young minister uh, fulfill that ministry in his life. The apostle Paul was preparing uh, for Timothy to put on the garments of leadership and to stand as a pastor, as a preacher. He even admonishes him to do the work of an evangelist in our reading tonight. He was uh, charging him. He was uh, making it publicly known. Timothy, the gospel is now being laid on your shoulders. Well, I understand that not all of you are going to be card-carrying uh, members of a particular organization, but I can tell you this, I think you all have a ministry to fulfill, and I want to talk just a little bit about that tonight. Amen. You need to keep your mind on things above. He said, I charge thee therefore before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now, listen to me. He said, God is going to judge you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to judge you. Amen. God is going to judge you. That makes life look really different. As long as every man can do what's right in his own eyes, you know, we're all free moral agents to do what we want to do. That's one thing. But when you have to read the line that says that God is going to judge the quick and the dead, and that you're going to give an account to God for every deed done in the body. And the scripture goes on to say, uh, you're going to give an account for every idle word. What a difference that makes than us just stepping up and, and living any old way we want to live and justifying it by the fact that, well, I'm a free person in America and I can do what I want to do. The fact is, you're going to give an account to God. That needs to be in the forethought of your mind. It needs to be a part of you when you wake up in the morning, when you get ready to shave, when you get ready to eat your breakfast and say your morning prayer. You need to recognize I'm going to give an account to God for this day. Amen. Amen. Read verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Preach the word. Preach the word. You are a living testimony. You're life is an epistle, an open book read of all men. They may not ever come to church with you, but they're reading the Word of God that you give them just by your appearance in their life. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Amen. You need to be ready. You know, if God comes tomorrow, I'm ready. If he waits two years to come, I'm ready. 
I'm not pre-post-mid. I'm just glad to be here and getting ready to get out of here. Amen. So you must put it in your mind, the understanding that our life is here for a purpose. And that purpose is to preach the Word of God. Amen. I know that a lot of our ladies bear a responsibility sometimes even heavier than our men in what they wear and what they go, where they go. And they can just walk in a place and they preach a sermon just by the apparel. Amen. I don't know if y'all are asleep. I can't see out there tonight. But there ought to have been somebody happy to hear me say that. Our ladies, God bless your heart. You can preach volumes of a sermon just by your appearance that me as a preacher, I I won't ever get that opportunity. But you are preaching the word of God by the way that you live. Read. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Amen. Time's going to come. Now, if you can't see today in that scripture, right. you know, you, 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 you've missed something. That's right, Brother we're, we're at a time when everybody wants patted on the back. Oh, yeah. You know, that the pastor has become the patter. He pats them on the back. He, he's a... Uh, He's always having to issue the, all the, the things, you know, to lift people up. Oh, there's a lot of preachers don't preach a lot of scripture because some of the scripture tears you up. Amen. I sat here last week on that row right over there. Your pastor dug me up and spit me out. I smiled, and when I got outside, I told him, I said, it looks like you could have preached to somebody else other than just me all tonight. (laughs) But that's why I come to church. I want them to dig around me a little bit. Amen. I want want him to make me a better saint. Amen. I don't want him just always telling me how good I am. Every once in a while, I hear him to say, you know what? You need to get right. Amen. I'm thankful for a pastor that will do that. Amen. Read. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now the apostle told the young preacher, said, now here's where we are. There's going to be people that their ears are itching to hear a fable. Now a fable is a story, a tale. Ah... I don't want to get in trouble for saying what I'm going to say. But I'm going to tell you. I I want to go to church. And I want. I want the presence of the Lord. To to work on me. And it bothers me when. I go to church. And I hear all of this mental philosophy. This positive mental attitude. Jesus is seldom mentioned. In the run of the service. You know, we need some blood songs sung. We need some songs with Jesus in the lyrics. 
of that song. We need it to be known that this is not just another story. It's not just another place to come because we didn't have anywhere else to go. But we are on a journey to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to be aware of that. Read. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. Timothy, I want you to watch all things. Men, you need to be mindful of who you are. Other folks may do it, but Timothy, it don't look good for you to do it, so don't do it. Amen. You're going to be the leader. You're going to be the one out front. It's uh, not just what you do, but don't let your good be evil spoken of. Amen. Read. For I am now ready to be offered. Oh, I'm fixing to lay down the load of life. Read. And the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to leave. Go. I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Read. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. You know, if you're going to live for God, you can't be a quitter. You've got to endure to the end that we might be saved. Read. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Praise God. Which the Lord, the righteous judge. Now wait just a second. He charged him in the first verse, and he charges him in this verse. That the Lord, the righteous judge, God's going to judge you one day. That's my point for this sermon tonight. God's going to, he's going to look at you one day and make you give an accountability. He said, Timothy, there's laid up a crown of righteousness for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, read, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Now, uh, I love to preach about heaven. I love to think about heaven. But you know, there's some things in heaven that I really, I really don't understand. Gold streets. Pure gold. Apparently they are clear. Because you can see through them. Pure gold, I don't know nothing about that. Now, you might think, buddy, I'm going to where the gold is. Good. I'm, I'm glad that sparks your interest. Gates of pearl. Each gate a pearl all to itself. It's not the mother of pearl inlay. It's one single gate. Is a single pool, pearl. Now, I, I don't know much about pearls. I've seen them little plastic balls that they put on a necklace and look like pearls, but you know, I don't really know. I wouldn't know how to grade them. I don't know. I'd have to go to somebody else to figure anything about that. But I want to tell you, there are some things about heaven that appeal to me. I want to see Jesus. Amen. He's going to wipe away every tear 
from your eyes. Now I want to tell you, I, I, I like that. Praise God. I, I don't know gold and I don't know pearls, but I love the idea that there's not going to be any hospitals when we get over there. There's not going to be any sickness. I love that. There's not going to be any pain over there. No more divorce courts. Praise God. I'm talking now. You're right down my alley. I've hated to watch families that busted up and went in every direction and splintered and fragmented and watched children pay the price for moms and dads and their recklessness. And uh, I look at all of that and I think, God, I wish I had someone else to pastor this church this week while this is going on because I don't have the answers and I wish I wasn't here to feel the hurt in my heart that I feel. I won't have to worry about that when I get over there. <laughs> there won't be no car wrecks over there. Praise God. Now there are things about heaven that appeal to me. You may have a total different list that will appeal to you. But the fact is this. There is a crown of righteousness that is awaiting for every one of us that are looking for His appearing. Read. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demoth has forsaken me. Now the apostles telling Timothy, Do thy diligence, come to see me. Read. Having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Now he said, Demas hath forsaken me. Praise God. If you're a leader, one of the hardest hurts there is, is when folks leave you. Amen. The apostle said, Demas, I'm in prison. Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. Demas, the young preacher, the young man that saw the miracles that Paul performed through the power of God. And one day he just walks off. Pastor St. Clair I find myself at times praying for people that left under my ministry 30 years ago. They don't care about me. They don't care how much it hurts. That doesn't mean anything. But under the burden and saddled with the responsibility of ministry, there are those things. You know why I pray for them? Because there may not be anybody else that day on this planet that calls their name before God. I pray for God to send an angel into bar rooms. God, send somebody a presence into the crack house. And draw them and woo them and bring them back into the good graces of God. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He's left and gone to Thessalonica. Cretia, 
He left me. Another young preacher, he's gone to Galatia. Titus, we know about him. He's gone. He went to Dalmatia. Times when it feels like I stand alone in my ministry. Amen. Boy, did you feel that heaviness just go right there? You know, not everybody's going to share your ministry. And there's going to be times when you feel alone, you feel forsaken, you feel like nobody else cares. And you're doing the best that you can do. Praise God. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. Now Mark, he, uh, he went on a trip with Paul. Paul sent that little wet behind a year scallywag home with a letter and said, this cat's worthless, he won't ever be nothing. I've had him up to here. I'm done with him. But it's amazing, after spending a little time in prison, everybody else forsaking you. You know, God has a way of bringing it around. Amen? He says, I want you to bring Mark with you and uh, I, I think I think he's I think he's still good for ministry. I think right. he's going to be profitable for that. Right. I kind of discarded him for a while, and I was upset and angry with him. But you know, sometimes we've got to give people a second chance. Amen. Yeah. Said, I want you to bring Mark with you, and uh, he is profitable for me into ministry. Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus, and I need you to bring my coat. It's cold here in prison. I need my cloak that I left in Troas with Carpus. When you come, bring the books, but especially the parchment. Amen. You know, he said, I need to write some letters. I need to put ink on paper I need I need to write so I want you to go get Mark bring my coat bring the books and bring the parchment now you know if God hadn't have slowed Saul Paul down we wouldn't have had two thirds of our New Testament but when God got him to where he could slow him down enough to really use him, he wasn't just a blessing to the church in those days. But you and I can read his works today and they're still a blessing to us in the church today. Sometimes when you're in a dark spot, you might think about it for a minute. Why does God have me here? He might have me here simply because... I'm not just going to be used right now, but I'm going to be used a little farther down the road. And God's going to anoint my work for the times to come. 
Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. To all of you who aspire to leadership, you're not going to get there without some rebuttal. You know, you think, well, I'm a pretty good guy and everybody's going to want to jump right in here and help me. Eh? Wrong answer. That's not, that's not right. Alexander the coppersmith, he withstood me and did me much evil. The Lord reward him. Now listen, here we go. In the first verse, in the fifth or sixth verse, and here again, God reminds the leadership. Listen, God is going to reward them for what they do to you. Amen. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. You know what I like about that verse? The next part of it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Now you think, boy, if I could just get my sucker punch in, I'd black their eye. Man, I'd like to lay it on them. You just leave that up to God. God's got his own eye blacking process that he's going to take care of. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You know what, Alexander the coppersmith is going to be rewarded according to his works. Can we lift our hands and love the Lord right now? Father, I thank you. I don't have to fight those that are against me, Lord. All I've got to do is do what you have for me to do. To labor for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Verse 15, would you read? Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Yeah, Alexander was mean to me. He jumped on me in front of people. Amen. How many of you ever felt like you took a chewing out you shouldn't have had to take? God's going God's gonna to take care of that. You, you don't have to fight that battle. God will take care of it. Read verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me. Yep. But no. all men forsook me. Yep. I Alexander God, got on me. Everybody left me. Read. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Oh, my goodness. I'm not, I'm not just trying to deal with Alexander here. What about all of those uh, people who were sympathizers with him that they all left me? God, I pray that that's not left to their charge. Amen. Maybe I should have preached a Christmas sermon tonight. Read. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. <laughs> Notwithstanding, the Lord stood by me. Read. And strengthened me. And strengthened me. That by me the preaching might be fully known. That by me... The word of God that I was trying to preach when Alexander got in the way. 
that it could be delivered and the power of God was known to those that were present. Read. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Amen. I was delivered out of the destroyer, out of the hands of the destroyer. Amen. Because God took care of that situation. Read. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Yep. Not just Alexander, but every evil work. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. There we are. Thinking about heaven again. Thinking about heaven again. To that heavenly kingdom. He's going to preserve me. He's going to keep me in place. He's going to maintain me. He's going to chase the lion away. He's going to let it be the truth that is more valuable to me than everything else that comes my way. Read. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then he drops down. He's closing out the letter. The sincerely part on the end of the note. The last few lines. The closing remarks. He said, Salute Prisca and Aquila and the house of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth. But Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. This young preacher, Trophimus, that had been Paul's sidekick. He said, I, I left him at Miletum. When I really needed somebody, he was sick and couldn't help me. Pastor, I, I don't mean to maybe overstep some thoughts here, but I thought about your pastor that had heart surgery this week. What a great man. What, what a work for God he's doing. It looks like God would have lifted him up and, and have him out as a front runner. Instead, he spends weeks and months in the hospital in recovery. There's some things God does I do not understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand why Verbal Bean was killed in a car wreck by a drunk driver. One of the great preachers of my early ministry. Great man. Powerful preacher. Some drunk guy driving a Corvette over 100 miles an hour. Comes across the center line, kills him instantly. You, you want to step back and say, Lord, why didn't you take the goofball off the back of the church back there that had never done nothing for God? And leave the bishop here for a while. He was doing something. He, he was having conferences for you. I'm just telling you, the Apostle Paul, in his closing statements, takes time to say, you know, I, I don't understand everything that's going on. I left Trophimus at Miletum sick. But I want you, Timothy, to do diligence to come to me before winter. Bring the coat, the books, the parchments. Bring Mark. I need all of them. Ebulus greeteth thee, Prudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ is with thy spirit. Grace be with you.
Amen. Would you lift your hands and love the Lord with me right now? Can we lift our spirits and our hearts before the Lord? Can we honor Him? Father, I want to be a leader. I want to be what you'd have me be. I want to walk where you'd have me walk. God, I want to stand before you. In Jesus' name, amen.